The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, it's good to be with you. Uh, this was a Mass that I served for nine years as a permanent deacon uh, before becoming a priest. And um, so it's good to, this was always our family Mass too, uh, when my kids were younger and my wife uh, would join us. Um, when I was called and asked to help out at a few Masses this weekend, had I known that the Gospel was the Beatitudes, I probably would have said, can I have another weekend? It's a tough, tough gospel. And I'll be honest with you, I almost cringe, and don't take this the wrong way, when I encounter this gospel. Because I know personally I don't really live it like I should. And... If you go, and, and there's some great reflections on this gospel. I spent most of the afternoon trying to put this together, and I really, really struggled. But there are some wonderful reflections out there, but I'm hoping I can give you some words to live by and take from this, from this really monumental teaching of Jesus. Now let me ask you, has anyone watched the uh, series The Chosen? The Chosen? Did anyone watch The Chosen? Okay. Just a few of you. Oh, wow, it was so good. So well done. Now, I know some people got hung up on, you know, this didn't happen in the gospel, or they took literary license with this, or little liberal in this regard. But what it helped me to do, and I'll tell you when I watched it, was uh, just about a year ago now, I was really fighting COVID. I was very sick. And I spent almost seven weeks at home this close to going into the hospital. So I had a lot of time in isolation to get caught up on a few things, and one of them was The Chosen. And I just finished season two, actually. But at the end of season two, they showed Jesus preparing to give this sermon. And it's interesting 
Because, you know, we have two accounts of this. We have the Luke's account, which is called the Sermon on the Plain, where Jesus comes down, which is powerful. You know, even that one sentence, it says, Jesus came down with the twelve. So Jesus came down to meet the people where they were at. Jesus had just named his twelve apostles, not disciples, apostles. And he's beginning his preaching in Galilee. And in The Chosen, this the last episode eight, season two, the last one that's available now, it says that Jesus, it shows that Jesus took Matthew with him. You know, the apostles were, were at sort of like in, uh, in their little camp. But Jesus went up and he took Matthew with him. And he was rehearsing this sermon over and over again. And Matthew was a scribe. You know, Matthew was recording things for him. And then right at the end of the last episode of the season two, which we can see now, Jesus, they set up like a stage, and there's a big crowd, you know. It looks like thousands, multitudes. And you see that very closing scene where Jesus, like parts a very crude burlap kind of curtain, they built a crude stage, and Jesus walks out, and that's the end of that episode in season two. And it leaves you, you know, hanging because, like I said, any of us who have read this or heard it, it's so, so challenging. So I look forward to season three. And I encourage you to watch The Chosen. It's free on YouTube, season one at least. Um, you can get the app and I believe and watch both of them. But just take it as a visual for Jesus's life because the backdrop of calling the disciples, calling the apostles, are all these teachings and healings and miracles. And it's excellent the way they did it. So let's try and impact this a little bit together. Luke has four blessings and four woes. Matthew has eight blessings and woes put together. Okay, so four more. Eight blessings and then woes. Luke has four blessings. And there's so much talk about what this really, really means. What was Jesus's point? Well, we have to go back a little bit into the Old Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, Moses gave the law in the Torah. And it was very clear that if people obeyed God, if they listened to God and followed his commandments, that they would receive blessings, they would receive food, they would receive joy, they would receive peace. Now, Jesus comes along and he says to this crowd, now let's describe the crowd because that's important. The crowd are mostly Jewish people, mostly Jewish disciples. So all of these people would have been familiar with the Torah and the law that Moses talked about. But it also mentions Tyre and Sidon. Now that's part of modern day Lebanon, which is my heritage. And so it's very possible that there weren't just Jewish people there because Jesus' fame was spreading like wildfire. And we see that through the Gospels. If you read uh, Mark's Gospel during the week, Jesus is going about, he's becoming a celebrity, a superstar. And all these people come to hear this great teacher. 
But what does Jesus do as he so often does? He takes things like hunger, weeping, hatred, revile, and poor poverty, and he makes them blessings. And he takes our earthly values of riches, fullness, and laughing, and speaking well, and makes them earthly values. You see, he took everything and turned it upside down. So for those people listening then, it was really the blessings became curses and the curses became blessings. Because as we know, the Jewish people didn't follow God's commandments. And what happened to them? They were exiled. Exiled for 40 years. So how in their minds could poverty be a blessing? How could poorness be a blessing? How could hunger be a blessing? How could being reviled be a blessing? <clears throat> because they, like we often do, think of everything in terms of <clears throat> an earthly value. An earthly value. You see, the Sermon on the Plain is designed to give us a frame for our life. We need something to frame all the things you and I go through in our life with a bigger picture. You know, the, the scripture scholars, some of them call it a meta-narrative, a bigger picture, a bigger story than what you and I have here. And that bigger story is what we experience here has no meaning at all if we leave it here. But when we frame what we experience here in terms of a bigger picture, St. Paul talked about that, that if we're not preaching Christ crucified, our meaning is lost because the resurrection is lost. And that becomes the bigger picture for us. And so Jesus, in his wisdom, understood that for those people to understand what they were taught all of those years, thousands of years of the Torah and the teaching, or how many hundreds of years before Jesus came, for them to understand those weren't the world values that to live by, he had to give them something dramatic. So now to be poor is a blessing because it keeps us humble and it keeps us relying on God. To be hungry is a blessing because when we're full, we're self-reliant. To be meek is a blessing because it gives us humility and it reminds us that this is not the final answer. To be reviled because of the cross is the greatest blessing. Because what's the biggest paradox? The cross. Talk about taking a blessing and turning it into a curse or a curse into a blessing. That's the biggest example of taking a curse and turning it into a blessing. The crucifixion and the resurrection. And so Jesus was aware of this. He had a limited amount of time and he had to make his message powerful. So we could say, yeah, these are nice sayings to live by. 
Now, we don't wish poverty on anyone. We don't wish hunger on anyone. We don't wish ill will on anyone. And we don't want anyone to be persecuted. But the way of the cross includes those things. And Jesus has to prepare people for that. And our role, my role as a preacher, is not only to try and internalize it and live it, but to help all of us understand that. And that's where I got so much, I got so worked up about how do we talk about this in a way that makes sense. And I arrived at the only way what Jesus is saying makes sense is if we frame it with a bigger picture. And that big, bigger picture is the most powerful person who ever walked the face of the earth died for you and I. That's how we frame life. That's how we take hunger and poverty and revile. And all of these things Jesus is talking about and turn them into blessings. If there was no resurrection, it wouldn't mean anything. If there was no resurrection, we wouldn't be here. But the reason we're here is so that we can remember what Jesus did for us. And those <clears throat> become, that makes this gospel maybe the biggest paradox in the New Testament. Because it's so easy for us to get trapped in earthly values. I lived that way for a long time. And it's hard to detach. And Jesus was well aware of it. So, what do we pray for today? Well, first of all, we pray for wisdom so that when you and I encounter these things in our life, and whether it's, it's, it's um, poverty in a material sense, which we don't wish on anyone, but there's other poverty, spiritual, poverty of friendship, isolation. Look what we're living through in the last two years. There's all kinds of poverties around us. There's all kinds of hungers around us. And maybe it caused some of us to reach out to other people. Maybe it caused some of us to go and help people we never had time to help before. The whole point is, the values of the kingdom are not the earthly values. If we get stuck and trapped in them, Jesus said, that's when we mourn. It's okay to laugh, but if we're laughing so much, we miss the kingdom, then we mourn. So we pray today for wisdom, we pray for uh, good counsel to help us. We ask Mary and all the saints to intercede for us so that we can take these words of Jesus, these powerful words, and make them part of our daily life. Amen.